The following program contains mature subject matter. Viewer discretion is advised. Half of newlywed husbands can't tell if their wives are reaching the big O or not. I mean, husbands! Then, in a doctor's exclusive, could this sweeping legalization of marijuana cause real legal issues for families? They say if it's in your system and you pass away at work, your benefits legally can be cut up to 50%. Plus, we've got the recipe for slimming down. Eat big, people, and we're all about eating big. That's today. According to a recent study, almost half of newlywed husbands can't tell if their wives are reaching the big O or not. Mm. <laughs> are there, 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 there were a few nefarious laughs out there from women in the audience. I hope your husband is not sitting next to you. So, I mean, are these like really young husbands who? Well, this was a Brigham Young University study. They looked at 1,683 people in terms of the study group. Heterosexual, newlywed couples, 43% of husbands overestimated how often their partners experience an orgasm. About half of women reported experiencing orgasms 80 to 100% of the time. And that's a lot lower than the percent of men and what they thought was happening. I, I, what's going on with this disconnect? I don't know, you tell us. <laughs> I mean, husbands, 87% almost always orgasm. Do you think it's that, wor that A word called attentiveness? I, I do, but honestly, there have been studies, and they ask women kind of, because women, a lot of women will fake orgasms. And I'm, I'm not being funny, I'm being serious. Well, I according, know they according, do. According it's to the studies, obviously. women frequently will, you know, ooh and ah, because they want to raise their partner's right. self-esteem. Also, some, a, lot of, a lot of head nods. Also, sometimes they said it's because of, and I'm not being mean, but they're bored. They just want it to they be want it done. Over. And are they busy? They have laundry to do, and they're like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's finish this up. But here's, but here's the issue. The they are in their mind. Like, they're like, oh, I forgot to get peanut butter at the store. I have to go back tomorrow. That's what they're thinking. But here's the issue with that. Honestly, if guys think they're doing a great job, why would they change anything? So you do have to communicate. Yeah, I don't know that faking an orgasm is a good thing in a relationship. Mm, it's I not, think, but... I think that, look... It happens, though. A lot. But if you... If you <laughs> so I've heard from people I know. You read it in a book somewhere. I read it in a book somewhere. <laughs> and my patients, and they tell me. So, I mean, this is an, we're laughing, but it is an important conversation. So I will yes. ask you as guys, how can the female start the conversation? Like, if she wants to talk to her partner about, you know, maybe doing a little better I, well, in the bedroom. First, first, first things first is honest communication. I mean, it, it, it's like, what do you like? Like, but what, I can what, tell you what right can now, I do for you? That's what guys should ask. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what guys that's should what ask. Should but say. apparently they're not because... Uh, well, let me just, I, this yeah. study, Brigham Young, mm -hmm. you know, these are Mormons, these are newlyweds, that they're young, and in the Mormon religion, typically you don't have sex before you're married, so they're... Oh, boy. No, I'm, uh -oh. and I'm a, no, I'm just saying that they, they don't know each other. They, they're newlyweds, so they, this study came out, they don't know each other well enough to know who's having the big O or not. Unlike I mean, Drew, it comes with time. who grew, grew up in the 60s 
And he, he did it was a lot one of big let me say this, and this is not from a scientific perspective or a doctor's perspective, but purely from a male perspective. I can tell you right now, if you want to achieve the best romantic relationship possible, mm -hmm. faking an orgasm not is it. not going You're to right. help I at agree. all. Because number one, if your man finds out that you were faking, that's bad because that hurts an ego. Number two, if you're faking, mm -hmm. he you're may think he may think he's the, he's doing a great said, job. Absolutely. So yes. I, I mean I think it's as simple as if there's no orgasm happening, he should ask, you know, what what do you like? What can I do? And I, I wish more men were focused on it. I don't know that all men are. I think a yeah. lot of men, it sounds like in the study, yes. it's just well, okay. they, the, they couldn't tell did she actually climax or not, and that's, maybe she was close, and they interpreted it a certain way. Maybe, so. she, was, maybe she was close. It you was know a, how sometimes, we call a near sometimes miss. almost isn't good enough. <laughs> Only in horseshoes, right? Say, Drew, in my experience, in my experience, yes. there's a big difference okay. between close okay. Okay, wait, 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 but, 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 one, but I'm just saying, next, interpretation. okay, so ladies, next time we'll be like, oh, you're close, and that's it. <laughs> I know. Close is a good thing. I'm just saying that it may, it's a misinterpretation. As a female, I think sometimes it is hard to start that conversation if your partner doesn't ask. My recommendation, and I think this is important, is you think about how many hours and years we spend learning things, but one of the things we often don't learn as doctors, we have to learn human anatomy. And so there's an element just as part of our careers where you begin to learn things about anatomy maybe you didn't know before, including your own. And I, I think that people are very naive when it mm -hmm. comes to especially yes. the anatomy of their partner. And the first step is, is learning. And re in my opinion, reading, it's not always obvious. It's not as though our, our private parts come with an instruction guide mm -mm. and say, right. you know, push here, press here. This is, right. the, but, but reading about it and, and at least learning and, and then yeah. talking and saying, hey, you could even say, hey, I, I read, that and have this, fun. you know, can I try it? And, 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 I, and, and have no, fun that doesn't work yeah. for me. That's a healthy does. relationship. As long as you're doing so in a, a responsible manner. Yes. A responsible manner, because there is a such thing as an orgasm gap. Apparently, heterosexual females have fewer orgasms than men, lesbian females, and bisexual women. So it's a, I think it's about women knowing kind of where to hit. So just guys, just a heads up, a lot of women don't have orgasms just through vaginal penetration. So clitoral stimulation is a, a good place to go if you're, you have some questions or, or some I doubts. I have one more comment. I, I would love you, for you to address it as an obstetrician gynecologist. I do think sometimes though, getting back to, yes, it's important to understand anatomy and all these other things and what do you like, but I think it also undermines what we always call the most important sexual organ, and that's what's between your ears. Yep. And I think, I think sometimes you can become so obsessed with functional components that it's, 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 we're not machines. And I think sometimes that part of that open, honest communication could maybe help connect you in a way where maybe you're doing things that may lead your partner to an orgasm, yeah. but then also you just enjoy each other a little bit more yeah. as opposed to all the pressure and the faking and should I fake it, should I not fake it? Did she have an orgasm, did she not? Was she close? Did she 
you know, Drew. Yeah, it's not a good I don't thing. know about Drew. Going in and say, I'm going to get through all the moves in pages one through ten today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And also, if you are a female and you are not having an orgasm, there may be a, um, a health reason as to why you're not. So if it's a real issue for you, make sure you're having a conversation with your gynecologist because there could be an underlying medical condition. And if you address that, then perhaps you will be able to well, climax with the 87% of almost always. A woman needs to know what they want down they, there. Yeah. They, they need to know their own body anatomy. And up here. Yes. Same with men. Same with men because, look, people want to undermine just because in the study 87% of men almost always have an orgasm, that doesn't mean that there isn't a lot of super tentorial things going on up in the noggin, meaning, you know, men suffer with a lot of the same emotional, men who suffer from premature ejaculation, yes. for instance, which, you know, if you do, you have to go talk to your doctor about that. If, if, yeah. if you're climaxing every single time before your spouse, that, that's something, right. you know, you could have a medical condition causing that. Right. But but I, I think it's also important. I've said this on the show before. One of my one of the greatest blessings for me in life is that my parents didn't know that I found oh, that the book. joy of sex book. You really downstairs. liked that book as a child. I would read books and such, but when I found that book, I kept rereading chapters. Like He's, okay, I would I would highlight it. <laughs> right. I would He's put little smiling. I would put little flaps on certain pages. Yeah. So Good notes, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at you. You know, and that's, and that's right after we read The Joy of Sex. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that kid right there, he had a lot of free time to read because he was, I mean, most people weren't hanging out with him in his red sweater. Oh, it's a cute picture. Really? That's yeah, it's a cute picture. That's worth now on eBay. What is it? <laughs> There is one thing that picture is, and it's embarrassing. It's a nice picture. But I will yeah. say, you know, I break out that sweater sometimes. You have it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, Drew, I actually cut off the sleeves, and I consider it now my foreplay. <laughs> anyway, communication is, is key. key. Yes. And have a conversation with your gynecologist you ever, if you think Have you ever faked an, an orgasm, Dr. Anita? No. Drew, have you? No. I just went personal. I can't help it. I'm sorry. You don't have to no. answer. No. No. Never? No. Never. I would just say, hey, well, that didn't work. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go watch the Well, that didn't work out. I'm going to go watch a football game. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Let, well, let's okay, let to you all out no, there. No, wait a minute. What about you and roads? everybody else at the table? What about you? Everybody. Well, like I'm, I'm actually, look, I'm, yeah, I'm, with, I'm with Drew. Hi. I'm with Drew. Not, never. But there have been moments We're where, you like, you know what? This, I'm done. Like, right now, just, it's just, something's not working. I, you know. And the thing is, it is hard. To, it's not you. It's me. It's, <laughs> it's a bigger and better rose. Bigger and better O's. And don't, and don't underestimate the importance of communication yeah. with your spouse, not just when it comes to sex, but all things, because we know now when you have a partner in life and you can communicate openly and honestly, even with things that are difficult like sex, you're healthier. You are a happier, healthier individual. That's what it's all about. We'll be right back. Coming up. 
Could the sweeping legalization of marijuana cause real legal issues for families in the future? And could marijuana continue to be a problem when it comes to workers' compensation? Then, should more medications be available over the counter? Some of the possibilities suggested, cholesterol-lowering drugs, the opioid overdose drug, Narcan. That's coming up. Coming tomorrow. It's your chance to... From is it normal to when taking a poop? To my jaw always clicks. Ask the doctors. That's tomorrow. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth. But when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Recreational marijuana use has been legal in Colorado since 2012. But what happens when some of the state's other laws surrounding the drug haven't quite caught up? Check out our next story. Could the sweeping legalization of marijuana cause real legal issues for families in the future? The state of Colorado is currently denying half the workers' compensation death benefits to Erica, a mom of four whose husband, Adam, died in late 2017 while working on a malfunctioning ski lift. The reason for the denial? Because he had marijuana in his system. The widow claims the accident wasn't her late husband's fault and his legal use of the marijuana for depression has put her family's future in disarray. Can the family appeal this decision? And could marijuana continue to be a problem when it comes to workers' compensation? Erica joins us now via Skype from her home in Lakewood, Colorado, also here to weigh in as attorney and legal analyst, Anahita Setagatfar. And first things first, Eric, I just want to send our condolences to you for the loss of your husband, Adam. Can you tell us just a little bit more about the battle that you're involved in, in terms of, of receiving benefits? Sure. Well, when my husband was killed um, at work, I thought we would be okay. Um, Colorado, you can't sue for a wrongful death. Um, so I learned shortly after that that one-third of our workman comp benefits were going to be denied because they found THC in the system. Because of that, um, I have to just continue to wait for the court. And I've only received one-third of the workman's comp at this point, which is about 800 a month. You know, I, I, I think this is so difficult. And, and I remember, Anahita, when marijuana was first legalized, and Colorado was one of the first states, and admittedly, it was a little bit of the Wild West, That's just right. in terms of how you deal with it and, and learning as you go. And I don't know that, that people even thought through these types of issues. What does, if anything, the Colorado state law say about a, a case like this? So it's very complex. It's a complex legal issue because, yes, marijuana is legal in the state of Colorado, but employers have a legal right to say we do not want our employees to show up at work under the influence of marijuana or really any other drug. And then they also have a law that says if the employee who's injured tests positive for marijuana, your benefits get cut into half. But you guys know this better than I do. How do you know when that individual smoked the marijuana or took the edible marijuana when it stays in your system for so long. So that's the, that's the dilemma that courts need to figure out. Right, because right now, if I took your blood alcohol level, I would have an acute point 
where I could say right. your blood alcohol level is 0 0.17. Mm -hmm. That is two and a half times or two times the legal limit. With marijuana, you could use it days before and it could potentially still show up positive. And so there is no way in that regard to say, well, this person was under the influence while at work. So when you look at a case like, like Erica's, you know, what, what's your opinion legally? I mean, would it's... It matter whether he was using it for recreational purposes? That's a great or, question. Or medicinal purposes? No distinction <clears throat> in the law in Colorado. They say regardless whether or not you used it with a prescription or you did it recreationally, if it's in your system and you get injured or God forbid you pass away at work, your benefits legally can be cut up to 50%. And so it is a huge dilemma in the state of Colorado. And we're going to see this going on in other states as we see more legalization of this drug. So I think the courts, the legislature, we need to get involved, figure out how we can reconcile these laws that are pretty inconsistent. And I would assume that most people wouldn't be aware of that. Did you know about that stipulation prior to his death? I didn't know about that stipulation prior to his death. And the one thing about it is with this law, is it doesn't even matter if he got pulled in by the machine. That doesn't matter. The OSHA violations that the company got that showed that they had 17 violations, all the stuff that points to other things doesn't even matter. They're just sticking by the law. They say, well, the law says we can take it away, so we're going to take it away. And there are other things, other legal documents, such as the OSHA report, that claim that kind of prove that his marijuana had nothing to do with it. I think this is going to have to play out in court, right? Yeah, she's going to have to yeah. go through the appellate process. I'm glad she's doing that. Unfortunately, it's going to be an uphill battle because of the law. But she mentioned the OSHA violations, and that is critical in this case because I've read the OSHA report, you guys. There were numerous safety violations that the government found in this particular workplace. And so to the extent she can prove that her husband's injuries, his death, was caused by the negligence of this ski resort and not due to any intoxication, she might have a good case in a civil court. Court, not in the workers' compensation context, which is the court that she's in now. So we're talking about a civil lawsuit against the company, and those OSHA violations were pretty serious. But for people at home, do you think, especially since marijuana is becoming legalized in more and more states, it's a good idea to closely review any documents before signing or in some instances maybe even have an attorney look at it so that you can know about potential stipulations like this or perhaps others? Right. Well, I think it's safe to say if you live in a state like Colorado that has this workers' comp law and you use marijuana, whether it's for medicine purposes or recreationally, and you get injured at work or you, God forbid, pass away at work, you stand to lose half half of your benefits. So this is standard. This is standard in this particular state. Mm -hmm. yes. And there are also, look, there are rules that maybe your company you work with, you have to read all the fine print because just because something has been legalized in one state and you go to Colorado or you go to any of the other states where it's legal and then you come home and go to work and they say, hey, we're going to drug test you. Right. And it's in your system. These are, there are a lot of things to think about here as, as we walk down this windy road of marijuana legalization. But and guess I, what? In, under federal law, don't forget, it is still a crime. Yeah. Marijuana is not legal under federal mm -hmm. law, and that always trumps state law. So that's another issue that these states are going to have to face moving forward. Well, I, I, I do not want to lose sight of the fact, Erica, that you lost your husband in all this, and we're just really, really so sorry for that. We, we do hope that you get properly compensated and, and we wish you nothing but the, the best for, for you moving forward. And I guess time will tell, but keep us posted, please. Okay. Thank you. We'll be right back. Coming up.
Should more medications be available over the counter? Some of the possibilities suggested, cholesterol-lowering drugs, the opioid overdose drug, Narcan. Then, I'm so fired up, it's time for the doctor's court! What legally could happen to this individual for basically faking cancer to get free room and board? That's coming up. Coming tomorrow. You, our viewers, are choosing the topics. It's your chance to... From... Is it normal to... When taking a poop? I'm telling you right now, that would not be a good thing. To... My jaw always clicks, and I'm really starting to get worried that I'm causing permanent damage. Plus, the answer that could save your life. You can bleed the duck. No topic is off limits in Ask the Doctor. That's tomorrow. And then on Friday. A recent study claims women are more attracted to sexist men. We have the shocking details. Plus, in an emergency, what number do you call? A 12-year-old boy recently called emergency dispatchers to complain his parents had served him. That's Friday. Should more medications be available over the counter? The FDA recently proposed new guidelines to make it easier for some common medicines to be sold without a prescription. Question is, is this the right move? Some of the possibilities suggested were things like cholesterol-lowering drugs, the opioid overdose drug, Narcan, which is already sold without a prescription in some places, and the FDA said it's evaluating ways to make sure patients don't take an inappropriate over-the-counter drug the number one suggestion has been to add info to the packaging label and offer online questionnaires to help people decide if a drug is right for them. I want to ask you your thoughts. I, I, I will withhold mine. Um, well, there's going to be pros and cons to this. And yes. This is a trend that we've seen develop over the years more and more medications that previously were by prescription only have become now over-the-counter. Examples, antihistamines, mm -hmm. antiacids, and in some ways it's good, but I know the bad part, if you can just get these medications over-the-counter, you're gonna start self-prescribing, you're going to self-dosing, which is going to get people into big trouble. I agree. And also, when I think about things like cholesterol-lowering <clears throat> drugs, if someone has high cholesterol, then it's not just about giving them a prescription. It's about talking to them and saying, oh, you have high cholesterol. Let's make sure you don't have diabetes or high blood pressure. And also, if someone is just going to get a cholesterol-lowering drug, who's going to do the follow-up labs to make sure their cholesterol is trending in the right direction or if we need to monitor certain liver function tests or electrolytes, like in general when we're talking about that. But what I do want to say is the, the fact that we need more drugs to be available over the counter because a lot of patients can't afford the medication. It's going to lower the it's, price. That's another, most likely that will lower the price. It will lower the price and I think that's good because some patients will literally say I can't buy food this month and buy my medicine. I have to pick one or the other. My big issue is this. You walk into an over-the-counter pharmacy and medicines are set up like candy and there are a lot of medicines out there that we probably take too much of and maybe should take less of. And so I think this opens up Pandora's box a little bit because if we're in a country that overtakes medicines, which we are, how do you start to get to a place where we, we start getting people on the right medicines rather than just more medicines? And, and, I, and I, think, I think we're at a critical point right now in Western healthcare because 
we're taking more and more medicines. And so how do you get on the right ones for the cheapest amount possible? And just having them all available over the counter where it is like, Katie, I want one of those and one of these. And like, oh, I heard it's good to lower your cholesterol. Let me pop some of those. And then you start adding all these new medicines. All of a sudden you feel sick and don't feel well. Drug interaction. Drug interaction. And you just don't feel right. Well, you don't know why. You show up at the doctor and what have you been taking? Well, I'm not really sure. I was trying some of these, some of that. I just, I think we sometimes undermine the amount of side effects from medications. Yeah. And what's crazy is in the emergency department, a lot of times people come in with these sort of bizarre symptoms. And so many of the times, it's a medication reaction. And I just want to remind people that there's no such thing as a medicine that doesn't have the potential to have a bad reaction. And so more is not always better. So the right medicine, not more medicine. And so if people are going to buy over the counter, what I would just caution you is, you maybe take a medicine, you feel a little bit better, say an antacid. And then a year later, you're still taking it because no one ever said that taking that proton pump inhibitor for that long is not ideal for you. Then you end up with some untoward side effect. That worries me a little bit. So I, I I've agree. said my piece. I agree. So ideally, what we need is a healthcare system where people can see a doctor and actually afford to see the doctor and get their, the medication that they need with the proper education from the physician. So that's an ideal world. But I guess in the meantime, we're just going to let people pick medication. up cholesterol. Well, and the benign so over-the-counter is absolutely yeah. lower the cost. But the, the cholesterol-lowering drugs is one that worries me because yeah. there can be side I guess effects. these were just examples, too. And they yeah. said, for example, Narcan. I mean, I mean, that would be a slippery slope. It would encourage people to, to engage in in drug use, thinking that they have that Narcan available to self-treat if they overdose them. It's, yeah, I think it all comes down to this, a fine line, but if you are taking any over-the-counter medicine, I highly encourage you to let your doctor know about it. That should be a, on your list, because whether medicine is over-the-counter or requires a prescription, you're taking those medicines. So when you say, hey, here are the eight medicines I take, or here are the three medicines I take, you list over-the-counters and you list prescriptions, and you keep that list with you so that if you get sick and you end up in the ER, you can pull that out or a loved one can pull it out and say, these are all the medications that, that I'm on. Yeah. Let's take a break. Coming up, I'm so fired up, it's time for the doctor's court! Yeah! What legally could happen to this individual for basically faking cancer to get free room and board? Then, have you ever been so hangry that you had trouble figuring out what to eat? Oh yeah. Well, our next guest, they are here to rescue you. That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by Do I look excited? No. No. It's because I'm just bottling it up inside because I'm so fired up. It's time for the doctor's court. Yeah. Court is in session. Attorney and legal analyst, and he just said a gadfar does not know what she has in store. Uh -oh. You put the gavel in my hand, and I'll uh -oh. tell you, I just, I love this. this I love the gavel. Segment. He's a judge out of control. <laughs> I okay. heard, I heard he loves this. No more outbursts. Court is in session. <laughs> Just kidding. An estimated 1.7 million people in the U.S. will be diagnosed with cancer this year. But a 26-year-old New Jersey woman was recently arrested by police after reportedly lying about having brain cancer in order to trick a couple into letting her stay with them. Police say the woman had used similar tactics in at least two other states but had not until now been charged with a crime. Before we even get into the specifics of this, I, this makes me so sad. What legally 
could the charges be and, and what could happen to this individual for basically yeah. faking cancer to get free room and board. Right, so she's being charged with theft by deception. And what that means is if you deceive somebody, you defraud somebody into giving you money or anything of value, that is a crime, it is a felony in most states. In this case, she faces up to three years maximum three in prison years. for what she's done, yes. Yes, so that's a serious crime. And look, this is unfortunately not uncommon. There are hundreds of these types of cases throughout the country and I've covered a lot of them. It's and the disgusting. faking cancer thing, it's gotta stop. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing all these people online raising money and then you find out that they're faking the diagnosis yes. and you're they're duping right. yes. really well-intentioned people. But I think this is pure evil because this is not one of those cases where we see people faking an illness or faking a child's illness to get sympathy and get attention. That is a mental illness and there's a specific name for that disease. It's called Munchausen's, right? right. But this, in a case like this where you're trying to get money and get free room and board and doing all of that to you know, make money Con off job. of it, that's pure evil. That's well, a and she was awful. she was faking going to the hospital for treatments, mm -hmm. and yeah. she would during that time actually go work and make money. And you know, it's just these are the kinds of pictures that the, the individuals <sighs> unsuspectingly housing her. They thought she was going through all this, and that is so awful. I, and, and let me look. That is so awful. This I, is I, a I, tough. This is a tough. Right this now. is a tough, they, cruel world. Yes. Like you know, you have good people trying to do the right thing and make this world a better place, and then you have something like this happen. She did an elaborate scheme here. She was sending fake text messages to this poor couple, pretending to be a nurse, saying, "Oh, this is what you need to do to take care of her. This is her illness." This couple stayed up with her at night, rubbing her feet, making sure she was okay, come to find out it was all just a scam. I mean, this is really and, a And low let me read blow. her statement after her arrest. The woman posted an apology on Facebook that reads in part, to those I have hurt, purposefully or not, from the absolute depth of my soul, I am sorry. Words could never express just how many tears I have shed over knowing I contributed to the heartache of another human being. That was never my intent. Her entire statement will be on our website. That was never my intent. It was all intent. This was a scheme. She had it all planned out and plotted. She's going to have a lot of time to think about who she hurt and what she did. Yep. So yep. this is pure evil in my opinion. I think we would like to vote. No <laughs> brainer, the gavel, judge. The gavel. Guilty. Guilty, Guilty yeah. Your Honor. Guilty. Guilty as charged. We have another case on the docket. A 69-year-old Florida man was recently stopped by police after a woman called 911 claiming he had hit her bumper in the McDonald's drive-thru. Hmm. Several times, in fact. When the police arrived, the man was reportedly found glossy-eyed, smelling of alcohol, slurring his words as he told officers he wasn't drunk driving. He had only been drinking while stopped. <laughs> I think that what you're saying is that he would drive to another spot, stop, drink. Stop sign. He's yeah, drinking in the drive-thru, but the car's not moving, <laughs> so he's not considering it drunk driving. Guys, this is so bad. As an attorney, I have had my fair share of criminal defense cases. I've heard it all. It wasn't me. I wasn't drinking. That's not my liquor. This really has to be the worst thing ever. And if he even tries to say this before the judge, their judge, your honor, they will toss him out of court. You cannot go to a judge and say, well, I wasn't technically drinking and driving, Your Honor, because I only chugged my liquor when I was at a stop sign. That, and, that's and not I, look, I don't, I don't mean to use words 
like acting stupid. But the only reason you would say that is if you actually believed it to be true. He was yeah, you could get off So he may actually have felt like if you're not drinking, actually taking sips while the car is moving, and that worries me a little bit. There are people out there who think that you can go to a bar and drink as much as you want, but as long as you're not drinking while you're actually driving, if they think that's legal, I don't that's think a problem. That. But they, just, just, when, just when they're intoxicated. They he, think that when they're intoxicated. He was really drunk, and by the way, he knew better because this is his third DUI that he's Ooh. been charged with. So he's been around the block. He's an older gentleman. This is his third time. His license was suspended. And I just hope this time the judge gives him some type of like rehab therapy. Clearly he has some issues with alcohol. Yes. Yes. And thank God nobody got hurt here. Thank Every God. day, 29 people in this country are killed by a drunk driver. And this is the reality. Yeah. You can be drunk drinking at that moment in time. You can be drunk because you went out to dinner and had a bottle of wine. You can have a big day and you're at a big party and three, four hours later, drive to go pick something up at the grocery store. If you're still drunk, you're drunk. That's drunk driving. I think that's where people lose sight. They actually will, they'll think of it in terms of, okay, I am drinking right now. And so even well-intentioned people will say, I'm not gonna go drive right now. Driving drunk is driving drunk. And, and this guy, again, was two times the legal limit. So I am going to call him yep. guilty. guilty. That's <laughs> Did you know what you had in store when you came here today? Well, I did not, but I had a great, great time. Yes. Thank you for having me. Wait. Okay, thank, thank you, Your Court, Honor. court ruling, <laughs> court ruling. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank for you for all of your analysis. Thank we really you. appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. Coming up. Have you ever been so hangry that you had trouble figuring out what to eat? Oh, yeah. Well, our next guest, they are here to rescue you. Then. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? That's coming up. Closed captioning provided by... Have you ever been so hangry that you had trouble figuring out what to eat? Oh yeah. It's happened to all of us. Well, our next guests, they are here to rescue you. They're sisters, also the authors of the Trim Healthy Mama's Trim Healthy Table Cookbook. Please welcome Pearl Barrett and Serene Allison to the show. Welcome. From Down Under, now yes. living in Tennessee. Yes. Great combo, but how did you become Trim Healthy Mama's? And what does that even mean? Well, we were totally done. Completely done. You know with Dunville, diets. right? Dunville. It's, it's a place where you live where you're sick of trying to diet. We were parked there. I get it. There's so many other women parked there. We had tried all the diets and we were just like, oh, we want to celebrate food. We stumbled across an approach that made us celebrate food where we could actually eat and enjoy food, wasn't the villain. And we were like, let's write a book. We maybe could give away a few copies to a friend. It was called Trim Healthy Mama. But like we did it self-published and everything, but it somehow it took on, it connected with this need, you know? Because these days it's like, oh, take away carbs, or take away fat, oh, yeah. or like lower calories. But that wasn't sustainable for us because we're like children, big families. Yeah. And so somehow it took off and Next thing you know, we got this call. It's like, um, congratulations on being New York Times bestsellers. We, we didn't oh, even know how we got that. I didn't even know what New York Times bestseller list was. I was just like hanging diapers out on the line, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And how many kids and, have you had between the two of you? Well, um, 19, but she she has 14 of them and she cheated. Yes, I, I adopted five. I've only given birth to nine, yeah. so. Whoa! Okay, wait, wait, wait. 
It has nothing to do with the segment, but anytime someone says I've only I only gave birth to nine, <laughs> only. Yeah. That's one. That is awesome. That, that is one trim healthy mama. Yeah. So let's not get hangry. What do we have right. here? So today we have hangry pockets. Okay. It cures hangriness, okay? These are like your, your trim healthy fast food and you can make a bunch of them at a time, have them in your freezer. So when you come home hangry, right, we all get there. You only have a few minutes before the potato chips in the cupboard. Yes. Right. All right, so what, what am I looking at here in my pocket? Okay, so What's we, in here? we got three different kinds. The first one is pizza chicken. All the yumminess of pizza, none of that white crust goo, right? And so you've got pepperoni, you've got chicken, you've got all the veggies. Your kids won't know the veggies in there. And they look, cauliflower rice, it goes to nothing. Wouldn't and, have and any idea. Delicious. I love it. And the Tuscan salmon. My absolutely favorite is so gourmet. You're gonna put feta cheese in there, kalamata olives, sun-dried tomatoes, mm. and those veggies are gonna steam up in this pocket with the salmon making it so mwah, moist. Oh, magnifique. Yes. And one more. Turkey taco. Oh, I mean, it's just like turkey, turkey meat, but moist, Tuesday. right? Mm -hmm. Turkey meat can be dried, not in this pocket, especially when you put it with all the seasonings. Beans. Yes, resistant starch. Oh, so colorful. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love Salsa. beans. Salsa, so easy. You just throw it in, you clean out your fridge, and it's it's there. It's done. Yeah, beans may be the best bang for your buck food out there. Completely. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? I started this segment getting a little hangry, mm -hmm. yeah. but I'm not hangry anymore. No, no, right. You know what? Okay. So I'm seeing some faces in the audience. They seem a little bit curious about this. Um, yes. Maybe something to say? We have an announcement. Everybody in the audience gets a copy of our new book, Trim Healthy Table. You can find the recipe to these hangry pockets at thedoctorstv.com. Keep up the great work. Thank you. So good to have you on. We'll be right back. Coming up, what's your biggest guilty pleasure? Plus, the only show on TV where everyone at home has a chance to enter to win the Word of the Day giveaway. Find out what it is. That's next. What's your biggest guilty pleasure? Think about that for a minute. A recent survey of 2,000 Americans found the most common guilty pleasures were and you may all be a part of this. Number five, buying yourself a treat. Number four, putting off a hard task. Number three, sneaking an extra scoop of ice cream. Number two, falling asleep watching TV. And the number one guiltiest pleasure, ordering takeout. Because you're too lazy to cook. Oh. It's so funny how many of the guilty pleasures involve food. <laughs> do you guys have a guilty pleasure? I do. <laughs> Would you like to know what it is? Would you like to elaborate? Well, of those, um, I would say falling asleep watching television is probably the top oh, one. that's a good one. Yeah. Drew? <laughs> Give us a real one. I guess it's, you know, splurging, eating something. I mean... Cookies, for example. Cookies? Yeah. <gasps> I'm a cookie, cookie Look guy. Look at you, big dog. Cookie. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? You know, Brownies? faking orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. My guilty pleasure, and uh, Justin, our producer, probably set this up. 
because he knows me all too well. Brownies and ice cream. Yep. Really? Oh. How often do you do that? Once a month? Every year I get older, less and less. I mean, we're talking, I, I would say probably once a month. Okay. Because it, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I eat it yeah. and get some true satisfaction. Satisfaction, that's our word of the day. If you'd like the chance to win your very own Minky Couture adult blanket and her satisfaction, Minky Couture, at thedoctorstv.com. And guess what? Everyone in the audience is going home with theirs right now. Minky. Minky the blanket guaranteeing orgasm? <laughs> kind of a... I sure, I sure hope so. Much more ahead. Coming up. I'm going to outright admit, I did not come up with today's doctor's prescription, but apparently this might save you someday from a crappy situation. That's in today's doctor's prescription. That's next. If you're ready to win big, join us in our studio audience. You could be part of our massive prize giveaway. So log on to our website at thedoctorstv.com or call us at area code 323-THE-DOCS. That's 323-THE-DOCS for show tickets. Come on and join us. Come on! outright admit I did not come up with today's doctor's prescription but apparently this might save you someday from a crappy situation <laughs> ever had to deal with the stress of dealing with the clogged up toilet yes you can't find the plunger anyway yes. tough situation what do you do so one of our producers has an inventive bathroom hack that you probably haven't heard of I hadn't you can use plastic wrap okay and what you reportedly do is this is taken and you put it around the toilet. And we're watching it here in the video. You gotta create a really good seal with it. Once you've completely sealed the toilet bowl, you push down like so, and apparently you give it a little push, that and then you flush it, it creates that force, that air down to, to make, make it flush. It doesn't look like there was much clog in that toilet. But I, 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 I'm gonna tell you right now, the toilets I've clogged, there's only one way the plastic wrap's working. <laughs> <laughs> because that trick isn't gonna work. You would just go out and say, hey, do you have any plastic wrap? No, you can go, you can easily look. I it's as easy as that. You roll in, you're at a party, everyone's hanging Kitchen. out. You know, you go into the kitchen, you look through so. the drawers. I mean, it's That's simple. That's not it's weird simple. at all. It's simple. No. It's simple. And then, and, then, and then they figure out what you're no. doing in the bathroom. They're never no. inviting you back to their home. You don't know what I'm That's doing. That's strange. How about just asking the That's host? Strange. Asking the host for a plunger. Yeah, I, that's not a. Oh yeah, Drew, that's not uncomfortable at all, especially <laughs> if you don't know them very well. Hey, excuse hey. me. Hey, Doctor hey, Phil, where's your plunger? <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, get that. <laughs> oh, oh, it wow! Happened. All right. Okay. Show's over. We're done. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? You should apologize to Dr. Phil. <laughs> I fixed it. <laughs> oh, thank you all so much for being here with us. Thank you for tuning in at home. If you missed anything, head over to thedoctorstv.com. Thanks so much.